This is the Amanda Allen Experience, and I'm Amanda Allen. I'm so excited and honoured to be joined in this space by the wise and grounded soul of Leanne Haronga. Leanne and I have come together to extract the gold and tell the stories of a big-hearted, highly sensitive, misfit of a girl who ran a thousand kilometres for suicide, became a triple world champion, wrote eight books, and somewhere along the way turned into a happy unicorn wolf mother. We hope as each story unfolds and we follow the threads that you feel less alone, you begin to join the dots of your own life experience, and you leave this space re-inspired, reinvigorated, and reminded of the extraordinary potential that lies within each of us. If I can do it, I know you can too. Please bear with us as we navigate this new podcast technology like the true beginners that we are. It's been a hell of a journey just to get to this point. Your feedback is so welcome. We're keen and so passionate about following the thread and reaping the rewards of the fertile soil of the last 50 years. Enjoy and have a magnificent 2020. Joined by Leanne Haronga. Hello. Hello. So it's been no small achievement to get to these first few seconds of our first podcast. So (laughs) I think just a high five to both of us. Ah, Boom. (laughs) So we're just going to delve into um, the Amanda Allen experience of being an athlete. Starting from the very beginning, uh, which is, is, is a tough point in time even to determine. But, um, and then we're just going to journey back from around, you know, my very early teens through to now and sort of try and trace the steps of that athletic journey and some of, I guess, the overlaying emotional, mental, physical, spiritual obstacles and um, experiences that I had along the way. Mm, does does sounds that sound good. right? Yes. <laughs> gather, right? gather in. Come listen. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. And we'll see where how that goes, right? So we'll yeah. see where that gets us. So um, Leanne so brilliantly suggested that I break my background into those sort of decades, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, and uh, soon to be the 50s. But I like that and it makes sense rather than yeah. break, breaking it into those 90s and yeah. the 2000s. And, I, um, exactly. Like I want to know, where, where were you in your 20s? What were you doing? And yeah. then the 30s and yeah. 40s, yeah, yeah, to now. And, awesome. and, you know, I mean, I really want to know too because <laughs> I've been so busy with my head down and my bum up and um, achieving so much and, uh, you know, I've been immersed in doing and I've, there's been not a moment. Uh, for reflection, really, mm. uh, at, at the depths that we're we're embarking on, I guess as we as we begin this podcast. So, um, I have just drunk a little bit of kombucha, so I, I will try and keep the burps to myself <laughs> as we begin the journey <laughs> together. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, I guess the you know that sporting. I guess for me at school. Uh, even as a as a you know as a as a very early you know the early teens, I think I've still got a two hundred meter running record at Pembroke College in South Australia in Adelaide, um, you know, and 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 I really haven't stopped since then. And uh, you know, I guess as a way of I- introducing the journey, 
you know, it's really important even just to understand the very early beginnings of that motivation. And my motivation was uh, to not feel so uncomfortable in the world. And what made sense to me was moving, you know, and, and just kind of, I don't know, moving, moving the fear or moving my breath or uh, moving myself away from people and into myself. And, um, you know, I think that was a huge driver for me. Um, and it was something gelled, you know, all the pieces of the puzzle gelled for me uh, when I was moving. Uh, so, um, you know, you haven't of... stopped moving. No, I have not stopped moving. <laughs> you have not stopped moving. So <laughs> it's, been, it's worked for you. <laughs> oh, it's hard to be hard to keep up with myself. Yeah. yeah so, uh, you know, at school there was, uh, you know, state level water polo. There was, you know, like the top team in netball, uh, athletics, you know, a lot of achievements in athletics and, um, you know, but I managed to drink my way out of school. Uh, so I left school at 14, uh, drinking extremely alcoholically, left home as well. And um, not till very much later did I understand that I also was depressed Um but I began, you know, an illustrious drinking career. So, you know, for those sort of from 14 to 24, um, you know, depression and alcoholism and leaving home defined, defined me. Um, mm. But then the next, uh, you know, and I, I, I fell out of school, but I did fall back into uh, athletics and triathlon through, ultimately through university. I did go back to pre-matric and then into university and so I discovered triathlon um, at university and started the first triathlon club there and then became you know a member of a sport and rec committee and you know was heavily involved in competing at the university games where I won golds and silvers in triathlon duathlon and uh, oh I think that's oh, all <laughs> I think that were the only two sports in the university okay, games. You go. so, and cycling no there was a third um oh. You know, and that, so my, my mid-20s to mid-30s was I became a professional triathlete, of course. You know, I, I basically, I, I took up triathlon to save myself from my alcoholism. Um, I knew that if I moved, everything, everything was better. Um, so I was, I was always trying to save myself and movement always made sense. So uh, into triathlon and won multiple state, national, uh, world titles, um, spended, spent, uh, quite a lot of time in uh, traveling all over Australia, the United States and competing in France and uh, was contracted by a club in France, um, which was, um, and that in itself was an extraordinary six months. Um, Mm -hmm. But I drank my way out of triathlon. In fact, during triathlon, you know, we had the Olympics, the 2000 Olympics were in Australia. So I was, you know, I was top 10 in the country um, when we were the strongest country in the world. I, I, gave everything of my life to making the Olympic team as a, as a triathlete, but I could never quite uh, reach, those, reach those heights. We had Michaela Jones and um, Emma Carney. I don't know if you remember those times or if you're involved at all, but, um, you know, they were big times in Australia for triathlon. So I, I did reach very, very highly, um, but then I fell very, very deep afterwards and um, I fell out of triathlon and back into my second favourite thing, which was drinking. And really, uh, I plumbed the depths of, you know, alcoholism uh, and ended up um, ended up drinking my way into AA <laughs> uh, mm. in my early 30s. 
But my mid-30s, I, I, you know, when I didn't leave AA, I went to rehab. I, uh, I, I started out in AA doing two meetings a day uh, and that didn't stop for a long time. And, uh, and that, as I got well in that space, um, I started to participate in a new sport, so in um, a tandem cycling, so Paralympic cycling uh, on the track with a blind cyclist, Sonia Parker. So I was the pilot on the front and we qualified state and national and world titles with state and national uh, records for the Paralympics, um, which I didn't end up competing at, unfortunately. Um, but that, again, is its own story and its own little uh, rabbit hole. Um, but mm. that led me not soon after, towards the end of my 40s, to high kneeling canoeing and uh and that had then um, been announced uh, as a, an Olympic sport finally for women because it had been uh, since the dawn of time an Olympic sport for men and the powers that be up until uh, you know, basically, what is it, the early 2000s, uh, sorry, the mid-2000s, mid-late 2000s decided that um, they were wrong that the high kneeling canoeing movement would not damage women's uteruses. So yes, they would uh, allow it to be a women's accepted as a women's Olympic sport. And uh, there were no, not many women in the world participating in that sport. So um, I ended up deciding that I would be that woman who would be the first uh, Australian uh, woman, female to compete at the Olympics in high kneeling canoeing. And, you know, that would have put me at, I think I was around 39 then. Um, and I won state titles and national titles and I missed um, a selection to the world championship team to end up being a part of any Olympic team going to the Olympics. And, um, but funnily enough, as, as things tend to happen, uh, you know, the web weaves its, its way with you. Mm. I decided uh, to try CrossFit. I'd heard about it. Um, and so ended up leaving high kneeling canoeing because I hadn't qualified for world championships to become um, an Olympian in that sport and um, bumbled my way into CrossFit to help with my high kneeling canoeing and accidentally ended up doing the open qualifying for what was then called, I don't know what we call it now, but it was regionals and qualifying for the CrossFit Games in third place as a 40 and a half year old female um, I finished third place and qualified for the CrossFit Games. Um, and really at that point I had no idea what CrossFit was and, and that defined uh, the next decade of my life up until, uh, you know, the point we are now in terms of CrossFit. But in this last 10 years as well, from in my 40s, uh, I have also took a month to run 1,000 kilometres to, uh, to raise awareness for suicide and mental illness. And that was about 30, well, that was 31 kilometres run uh, all but three days of, of a 31-day period. Uh, and I also had had a couple of major surgeries in that decade, in the last two years, in fact, where uh, I had emer well, emergency twice, visits twice to emergency um, in the course of a week. And, and, you know, basically a week or so later, two weeks later, I had a surgery to remove four kilos of tumours from my um, torso, so a an incision, a uh, horizontal incision from my pelvis to my diaphragm um, to remove four kilos of muck uh, from me, which mm. thankfully turned out to be benign um, because at that point they'd suggested that, that it was um, ovarian cancer. 
Um, and then just uh, six weeks ago now, I was cut open again along that same incision line, half the length of that same incision and had a rather large um, or had a um, hernia removed and a rather large uh, mesh inserted into that area. So that's been a very uncomfortable um, recovery. And um, and in leaving CrossFit behind at sort of middle of this year, I have just embarked on a very different a physical journey, uh, same, same, but different, right, um, into mm. the, the, the bodybuilding <clears throat> realm and, and, you know, very much the yin to CrossFit's yang. And, you know, and I think this leads us nicely into why we're here uh, on the podcast is looking at, you know, those transitions and, um, you know, the balancing of the masculine and the feminine and, um, you know, where it all fits in, uh, you know, life of uh, achievement and, you uh, mixed demands and you know lost passions and just imbalance and dreams and so that brings you know that that brings me to a a different space you know exploring what it is to marry my feminine energy with my 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 very strong masculine physical um, and energetic energy that's defined the last 10 years particularly but I think you know all the previous decades before that were just the warm-up to the decade of CrossFit you know Um, Mm. you know and and I guess an overlay of all of the um, those decades has been depression uh, which has come and gone but it was uh, you know it was hand in hand with my alcoholism in my my 20s particularly Um, but you know there are journeys within journeys and all of that and you know the the thing that mm. we'll, we'll delve into in a moment is, um, you know, how did I make it all work, uh, and and how what can we take from that and apply, you know, in our own lives, you know, the principles, our con- the context of your life and my life, you know, and those we know around us are so different, right? Many fold context mm. of the way you can live a life, but you know, you scrub back a few layers and um, you know peel back the layers of that onion, and what you find in the heart of it all is you know, the same principles and the same um, yearnings for peace and love and understanding and safety and acceptance and um, kindness and uh, generosity and healing and, um, you know, honouring and respect. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that that's what we will uncover, uh, you know, the gems in, in the story of the Amanda Allen experience. Yeah, well, there's certainly a, a lot of experience there um, that you've had, and and I know even on your you know on your social media pages you've been so so like your followers already know a lot about your uh, life anyway. You've mm-hmm. been very open and honest about right. your journey. I forget about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, so this probably just ties it all nicely, and I'm sure there's things there that. Um, that maybe they didn't know from mm. before your CrossFit years mm. or your triathlon years. So mm. it's been nice to, to bring all that together, to give a, a big picture. Mm. But you're right, I think we get so busy with the doing that, and I don't know if it's whether just through the decades of life and then finally it's like, well, you know, time to stop and reflect and we mm. get to this place in the space of what's happened, what, you know, what did I learn from that, what can I share yeah. With others about that. So. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, you, it's a very interesting thing what you propose and I, 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 it just made me uh, reflect on my spiritual journey 
which mm. has, you know, I have from as early as I can, you know, probably around that 14 mark when I left school and began my illustrious drinking career, I also began reading anything and everything mm. that I could get my hands on that helped me understand how to live and feel well or be comfortable in my own skin and, um, you know, and that was university psychiatry texts, that was nutrition books, that mm. was self-help books, that was anything I could get my hands on um, to help me um, understand. And so it's been a real journey. And, you know, oh gosh, you know, if you overlaid um, mm. my spiritual journey, there's been um, ashrams and gurus, there's been mm. AA and its overlay of, uh, of a higher power and... Um, you know, there's been even that, you know, the inner journey, the just, you know, just as a spiritual sort of yearning all the way mm. through, like. Yeah, it's know, always been part of your journey. Correct. You know, um, what does it yeah. all mean? What's the meaning mm. of all of this? Mm. And, and who am I? And, uh, mm. you know, I, I, it, it has, it's been a, it's been a journey. And I think it's been a physical journey to self-understanding um, and mm. self self-love and self-empowerment, um, right? Um, but particularly in such a masculine environment where, or not so much environment, but a masculine energy where it's, you've got that drive of ambition and success with your sporting achievements. I guess some did, well, did some of that spiritual um, seeking for yourself kind of bring you a bit of balance in, in, in amongst all of that? I mean, I was always yeah. trying to make meaning from mm. my life that made me feel extremely uncomfortable. And the the two things that I've always known that made sense to me were writing or words. And for me, it was always writing in journals to try and understand what was going on around me and inside of me. And then moving. Um, and when I moved, something mm. something came alive or came together in me and I... I think that, that maybe it was exploring the inner landscape, you know, when I was pushing myself physically, whether it was in netball or in water polo or in cross-country running or, um, you know, in CrossFit, all of it has been exploring my inner landscape. Like how am I, am I strong? You know, how strong am I? Am I, do I have integrity? In fact, integrity has been the journey, I think, more than anything. That's been the journey is... Um, discovering what integrity is and what it means to me and how to hold myself to the fire uh, of whatever the, the thing that confronts me, whether that's uh, um, an emotional situation or um, a, a repetition in a, a, in a horrendous, uh, grueling workout, like holding myself to the fire of my commitment and my intention and not flinching where others will flinch or won't even get close to the fire. I, I step in and I hold myself. You know, that's mm. been the journey um, in every area of my life, whether that's overcoming alcohol, becoming a triple world champion, um, running a thousand kilometres or uh, recovering from depression or recovering from, I guess, you know, childhood traumas. You know, all of that um, mm. has, has defined, you know, the decades that bring us to now. Yeah, well, you, you mentioned your triathlon and your alcohol um alcoholism were kind of led one into you know we're together hmm. um so there, there was a lot of stress on your body yeah correct and a I, long I think, period of time yeah. I think that's interesting you even say it like mm. that because there was a lot of stress on my body but it, it counterbalanced the stress in my inner world 
which was mm, yeah, um, created, okay. I guess, from mm. my outer world as a as a child growing up in in the, just a space. Obviously, I didn't yeah. I didn't understand wow. or resonate with or feel seen that's or pretty heard. deep let's that's pretty deep let's uh, ponder that so the stress of the training and the use of my body uh, of alcoholism yeah yep. on your body was to help you manage your outer world correct well I guess yeah. the inner world that I existed in mm. based on the outer world that I grew up in and you know we're all different and I know that I'm mm. extremely sensitive empathetic um and a little bit out of the box you know I never ever fitted in so you know I feel like um I was able to uh find space for myself Mm. in the world and this is something quite interesting that you know at all my CrossFit competitions you know I rise to the occasion and it's because I I am raised by the energy of those people around me who are seeing me and who are, are feeling for me and you know I think that I experienced a lack of that as a child. It doesn't matter whether that it's not a blame thing. It's my, it's, I believe that was my experience of life. Uh, Mm. So I would rise to the occasion in the space of CrossFit, but I would also go within. I I didn't have to interact with people, you know, and that's a landscape that I find uncomfortable, but I could be amongst them and come alive and give what I had to give by being the athlete I was while exploring my inner landscape to balance out the, uh, I guess, the, the traumas and discomforts that I felt in my outside yeah. world. What a, sure. what a convoluted way of, yeah. you know, existing, but possibly yeah, that sure. makes sense. Well, it does. I mean, look at your sports were very individual, right? Your mm. triathlon, this individual pursuit, your mm. uh, thousand kilometre run, your individual <laughs> CrossFit champion. <laughs> yeah, you know, these were all individual pursuits where, yeah, where you felt most comfortable. Did you find, did you think, did you have goals set with each of those pursuits? Obviously, with the thousand kilometre mm. run, that was a, a personal. Well, I mean, it's a, again, that's a fascinating question. Uh, mm. And I guess for each sport, there's a different. What was your why? Yeah. Yeah, there's a different answer for each sport. And mm. I think with triathlon, it was very much that I'd, I was familiar with running. I'd, I'd grown up swimming and I loved swimming and competing and training swimming. Uh, and I'd ridden my bike everywhere until I was about 21. I didn't get my driver's license till I was 21. So I was already swimming. I was already running and I was already riding and I was already doing a lot of them a, a, a lot of the time and hard. Um, I just loved going hard at stuff. Um, <laughs> so triathlon was a fairly easy step for me um, out of my drinking when at university exposed to the opportunity and my dad had taken up triathlon and honestly I wanted to beat him. Uh, <laughs> so there's like these layers of motivation. Um, mm. So there was like, you know, wanting to save myself, wanting to beat my dad, opportunity, um, actual exposure to those three movements. So putting them together was, you know, no big thing in my book. Um, I didn't have a fear of swimming in the ocean. And once I started this triathlon thing, which happens with me, you know, if I'm going to drink a glass of wine, I'm going to become a raging alcoholic who ends up in mm. AA. You know, yeah. if I'm going to start triathlon, I, I'm going to be, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go as far down that rubber hole as anyone's ever seen. And when I get to the bottom, I'm going to hold myself to the fire like no, mm-hmm. no one has ever witnessed a woman mm. hold herself to the fire before. You know, like then that that is not about um, self. It's not a self-destructive thing. It's an inquisitive 
curious thing and it's also a seeking integrity you know I sought to know who I was and I sought to find out what I was made of Mm. um and I've reflected on this a lot over the years and that's a very high threshold you have there Amanda and again most things as most things are Mm. and certainly they are in my life they're a double-edged sword you know the medicine Mm. can also be the poison and um you know the gift can also be the curse and my journey's been uh navigating that um, very fine line between those two to achieve my greatest potential. And I think for everyone, you know, as they say, um, is it genius or is it madness? I mean, that's a fine fucking line. Mm, yes, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so I think the most extraordinary peak uh, achievements and performances and states are achieved on that razor's edge, the thinnest, thinnest mm. thread of a, you know, a cobweb, a spider's web. Uh, and it's balancing on that, you know, uh, while snatching. <laughs> mm. Yeah, sure. Um, wow. Mm. wow. Well, your body paid the price though, huh? You, you ended up uh, surgery. Well, no, I don't think, I, don't, I no. mean, my body didn't pay the price. I think no. many, 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 many women, so many women suffer fibroids or endometriosis or you know, there are so many um, abdominal, uterine um, growths and it's, it's mm. not a coincidence. You know, that's, um, you know, that's the female creative source of creative energy and, mm. you know, that's basically been, that has been suppressed in a patriarchy for many, many, many decades, you know, and we're slowly, mm. we're slowly coming out of that, hang, you know, the hangover and I think, uh, you know, the surgeries that we see women having, I, I have women reaching out to me constantly um, mm. who are either in pain and not sure what's going on or pr- looking at having surgeries and hysterectomies or, um, you know, about to go in uh, or recovering from. Do you know, it's, it's the, the statistic. Wow. Yeah. I can't remember the statistics anymore, but they're extremely high and they're like one of the second highest uh, or second rated surgery in the UK or something is, uh, you know, hysterectomy and uh, removal of fibroids or something like that. Wow. So, well, I mean, in terms of the fibroids, I think I was just one of those very, very lucky people. But also mm-hmm. there's an energetic aspect to it. And I, I think I've basically repressed my, my feminine creative energy. Uh, it's had no outlet for my entire life. And I, I, I know it. as an athlete and, and as a woman who's always written and always wondered about the meaning of life very deeply, like there's a creative soul in me that has had no space for expression other than through physical movement. Wow. I love that relationship. That, well, I love how you've related that. Amanda, and your recovery has been like six weeks. You're, you're moving well again. Oh, and, oh yeah. six weeks. It's all, I think it's six Amazing. weeks to the, oh, maybe a few days over. Um, but I am um, utterly alive. But I've also honoured my healing. And, you know, this is yes. a whole other uh, layer for yeah. conversations at a later point. But what it takes to heal, you know, what it takes before you go in to be in a position to have to heal um what 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 it takes on every level and it's not just you know getting some sleep or not picking thing anything over two kilos above your head um or hanging out the washing it's um it's the thoughts that you have and the meditative space and the vibrations that you have around you and um the attitudes that you carry within your heart and uh Mm. and the foods that you eat and the hydration that you get and the sleep 
quality um, that you experience and yeah. uh, you know I mean the layers just run so deep and then, yeah. and then the you know the the nutrients that you have access to the superfoods and the healing powers of them and um, yeah. you know the journaling to allow healing and mm. like I mean and and taking that that's the healing from surgery but that is that's the that's the healing from training um, that goes on on a, a moment yeah. by moment basis. Yeah, and I think if anyone's followed your Instagram, uh, well aware that you're a bit of a healing beast. Healing and, machine, um, right? I've always machine. joked that I'm a healing yeah. machine, but um, it wasn't by <laughs> yeah. accident. I didn't accidentally become one mm. by, mm. you know, wanting it. And, of course, you've got your beloved uh, wolfhounds there. Oh, well. In your journey. I mean, they, you know, and then my puppies, you know, the overlay of the, of the hounds in my life, the wolves that have carried me because, you know, my first year of AA, I, you know, that if anybody's seen the movie 28 Days with Sandra Bullock, and I think most people of our generation have, um, that's what I, le- I learned about AA in that. And, you know, you learn that mm. um, you stay sober for... Oh, Jesus, now I've even forgotten. Safe sober for a year. Um, you get a plant. If you can keep that plant alive for 12 months, you can get a pet um, at 12 months. And then if you, can, if you can manage that relationship, then say at two years sober, you can have a proper human, like intimate relationship, you know, start, ah. d- start dating or something. So, <laughs> so the first year I got a cactus, um, basically, a succulent and kept that <laughs> sucker alive because I'm terrible with plants. I thought I, I can beat the system. <laughs> and, um, and then at one year sober, I, I went to animal welfare and, and found my, my very soulmate, Pepper, who's an Irish oh, wolfhound Kelpie. And he truly was from. the love of my life. And um, from that first year sobriety, he, he, he was there. He was my constant companion. And I'm quite certain with the depression I had um, that if it wasn't for him, you know, I would not be here without a doubt. And then he carried me right through, you know, my AA journey and into my CrossFit journey and delivered me up to Byron Bay. Um, Oh, we remember Pepper. Oh, my gosh, you know Pepper. Oh, God, yeah. You know, CrossFit Byron Bay was a was a th- almost three year journey for me as well. And he left me. Uh, he overlaid um, Ishka and then Lobo, who are my two white wolfhounds, um, mm. who are the most mythological, extraordinary creatures that mm. carry me and have have held me. And um, you know, they really are uh, a very special energy. And you know, feel such a it's such a privilege to be bonded with them and watch us grow together, the energy and the connection. It is, it, it's quite extraordinary. I, I find it um, otherworldly almost most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it feels that too with, with, the, with your posts on Instagram of, of your journey with them. It's an, it's an extraordinary space. Uh, we seem to be witnessing you in from where you've come from. But if you had to, if you had any advice for your self, going back through those decades would you would you have anything oh my gosh yeah it's such a I know off the top of your head sorry you know yeah no no it's it's a magical question and there's so many layers to it and Mm. so many ways of approaching an answer and I'm sure you could ask me that question 10 more times and you would get (laughs) 10 more expressions of 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 an answer but um 
you know what I def- what I know now, and I've I've been dragged kicking and screaming. I know now, in a way that I thought I knew over the years, that there are no mistakes, and and this is a very hard pill to swallow, especially when you're either um, wallowing in the pit of despair, which is where I've spent a lot of my life, like not wallowing actually, just in the pit of despair, unable to escape, um, or you know achieving highly. You know, there are still no mistakes. Like everything, mm. if you believe in that there is a purpose to life, and I always have, and that's the only thing that's got me through, right? I've always followed my heart and I've always held on to a sliver of hope and I thought it was dead in me before I got into AA. I think I thought everything that was mm. good and light and the spark was dead in me. But um, it was not <laughs> and mm. it is not. Um, but it's certainly um, been very a very tough journey. But the hope and the belief in a purpose, and I believe that everything I've been through has brought me to this time to give through the books that I've been writing. I have written, but there are books that I have written now and am I'm in the process of writing and will mm. be releasing as soon as I, the flow is able to, you know, release them to the world. Yes, that magical. and and I truly believe, and we believe as we sit here, um, opening this first Amanda Alex and Alan experience to the world, we believe that this is part of a manifestation of the purpose, right? This is yours and mm-hmm. mine independently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that there's something to come from this story. There are threads. There's information. There's inspiration. There's there's strength, there's um, an opportunity to know you're not alone and to probably mm. look into the mind of a, a, a crazy uh, woman who became a unicorn, you know, who, <laughs> who was a warrior who became a unicorn. Um, and really that's, that's kind of my experience. And, and the, the work has been deep and the lessons has been, have been deep and the darkness has been un, um, mm. um, unbearable and yet born (laughs) and Mm. here we are and the energy of the end of a decade and beginning a new decade is is incredibly powerful and um so I guess that's a very long uh kind of windy magical answer to the question Mm. that I do still remember Mm. you know the, 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 the thing is that there is a purpose and there is a pattern and there is a, a fabric that is being woven and I believe it is to um, assist us all in uh, realizing our highest the highest expression of our truest authentic vibration um, of ourselves and and the greatest courage is in stepping into that space constantly and the only way to do that is to tune into your heart and really through all of the madness that has been my life, my heart has always been my guide and I've always, and so much of that time I've wished it wouldn't. I've wished it would shut up and let me just mm. do what my dad told me to do, do what other, my other, you know, the other people did is, you know, go to school, get a good, you know, lawyer's job, <laughs> marry a nice man, have a nice house with a really nice car, have security, have safety, live a good life. And, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, fortunately, whatever, that, that hasn't been my, my, it just hasn't been what my heart has allowed. Mm. And, you know, at, at almost 50 years of age, I look back now and I'm grateful for it all, but I sure, I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but you don't get your wishes. Mm. You get what you're here for. 
and you get your purpose and we get the opportunity um, to live that. I, I really believe that we are here to, um, to give the, the highest creative expression of our authenticity to each other, you know, and evolve. Yeah. Well said. There is no short answer, definitely. Wow, not, that, not, that, not in my experience. <laughs> not, not in the Amanda Allen experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, incredible journey. You've, you've got, got such incredible bravery and, and light that you're just willing to share with everyone. So we're just excited about your podcast, the Amanda Allen experience. So you're right, there's so much. I know there's layers and layers and layers to you that – um, that are yet to be, you know, talked about and um, excited to be talked about as well. So it's, uh, it it's is, a magical, yeah. It is. It's a passionate space and a, um, a, a really empowered space that we meet uh, each other in, yourself mm. and myself, but we meet the, the other humans who, who want to come and um, experience this experience. And I, I'm just sitting here. I'm actually surrounded by strange and wonderful creatures. I've got um, mm-hmm. a large, <laughs> uh, life-size unicorn, unicorn, pink unicorn <laughs> head that's um, emerging from the wall next to me. I've got a, a blue, ornate blue Buddha sitting next to my iPad with a unicorn necklace. I've got two white wolves on either side of the bed um, I think that's about it. But I do feel surrounded by um, and protected by the magic. And they're all there to see the, the new decade and, and how yes. awesome is that? <laughs> they're sitting there going, you've got this. You've got we're this. going. We're moving. Yeah. You know, and I, I guess, I, I mean. We're moving it's... gently though, right? It's a, like your movement in the last decade was rather mm. fast, but this is, seems like a more gentle mm. movement towards the decade. Yeah, that, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. We, we, mm. um, I was listening to a podcast just yesterday or the day before that you shared with me, Leanne, it was Carl Paoli's podcast and he talked about effortful effort and effortless effort. And 2010s, this last decade, without, without a shadow of a doubt, and probably the previous decades as well, have been, about, have been defined by effortful effort. Yes. And I'm, ex- mm. I'm exhausted on such a level that I've got no masculine left to, mm. to fight the fight. I feel you, sister. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just mm. time, isn't it? To Time for effortless effort. You're time to bring the effortlessness to it. And this mm. has been effortless. My, the book, I've written a 100,000-word book over the course of three months and I could not stop it if I'd tried. No. There wasn't a moment I had to force myself. In fact... I had to stop myself at times from writing. I would literally pull over on the side of the road, grab my notebook and, and write until I was empty and then I would drive again, you know, wow. everywhere, walking the dogs, writing, writing while I was in the water, knee deep in the water. Um, wow. So the thing is I've, I have hit moments of flow in competition and in training, but the mm. effort required for those minute moments, like this is an utter flip on that experience. And nobody mm. could have told me in the past, any of those decades, that that was possible. And yet there's been something in me called constantly seeking that effortless effort space. Nice. And, I'm, and that's flow. You know, we it's could say so many ways, there's so many names that it could be called by, but flow people understand. And it, it has been 
I've just been collected up in a new flow and it and I feel that it's um you know I'm truly listening to my intuition and my heart and the calling and yeah. um I'm less rigid uh which is a very sort of that masculine mm. controlling you know white knuckling um at life which does achieve a lot obviously is like I haven't mm. been a slouch Mm. And it hasn't been um, without its rewards, but it also comes with its consequences. And I think one of the big consequences is the um, the the absence of all that its opposite um, brings to enrich a life. The feminine, yeah. the mm. sensitivities, the vulnerabilities, the the stillness, the depth, the mm. the, the quiet time, the creativity. Um, the the inner landscape and coming to sit even deeper in a peace inside of yourself and you know that that's what's missing uh, or has been missing mm. for me and I, I think it's missing in the world and in our relationships with one another yep. um and but but particularly within our own internal landscape first yeah I relate to that too that yeah so yeah, I think I'll my see. journey, this entire journey, these last decades and all of the, the depressions and the sporting achievements and the journey um, of overcoming has um, been required to now open the door to the feminine and a balance of the two. Uh, and if, you know, if, if anybody's... If anybody's been following any of my Instagram, you know, like I don't, I don't suddenly look more feminine in a, in a, in terms of I'm um, any less buff, you know, I'm, I'm, my body shape is shifting and it, I look, I think I'm more muscular and more defined and more balanced in my body than ever. Um, and I'm actually really enjoying that journey. And I, I don't think I truly ever enjoyed the shape of my body in CrossFit, although it had never been better. Like I loved my my strength and I, mm. I, I don't I don't say that with any sort of negative judgment. I just am loving the way the shift of the balance is allowing my body to come into this new its own new form. It's a real transformative time yeah, wow. to find a different balance. And a lot of the things that, you know, especially women but, you know, all people, um, particularly Western society, we struggle with, you know, overeating, overworking, over stressing, over training, over under recovering, uh, you know, like everything's an effort. Mm, yes. We're rushing. Everybody rushes. You know, if we could put down the rushing and put down the judgment and take a big deep breath and sit in that space between an inhale and an exhale, uh, that's that's where you want to you wanna be. And um, for me, moving forward, there's a sense of honouring everything. Um, mm. I find that even the way I pick up, say, my moisturiser in the morning or uh, my lip balm, I've changed. I used to do every, a million mm. things at once because I was so capable. I love capable. this. This is, this is really like what we all need to hear. <laughs> we, we, you know, we know this, <clears> thing, <throat> but the way you are able to um, express it or use your words to articulate it for us, it just makes it, it just joins the dots. And you, <laughs> you refer to the dots a lot when we talk, but well, you know, for that feminine space, <clears> for <throat> us, it's just joining the dots of, yeah, this is simple little things like that, Manja. Thank <clears throat> you for sharing. Well, that. if one humble unicorn's madness can help another human, <laughs> you know, her, her work is, uh, yeah. is well done. But it yeah. is true, you know, I've, I've haven't had any I've made no space to honor and um, truly nourish mm. and respect my uh, my femininity and you know now I have a moisturizer face moisturizer and like an essential essences that I put on in the morning and the moisturizer and the lip balm and um, a few yeah. drops of magic potions on my tongue and every one of those things is an 
honouring action, a ritual yeah, that's wow. done to begin my day. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, and in the past, I would not firstly have done those things, or if I'd done lip balm, makeup, any kind of um, mm-hmm. anything, it would be it would be slapped on in a rush into the car. Um, there was no honouring. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. It was very. I guess it was all very mechanical or. Um, uh, you, you know, very yang, very, uh, mm. uh, you know, and I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm ready for a different experience. I can take all yes. of that with me. It's powerful. It's very powerful. And I've proven my courage, my strengths, my resilience, my willing, like I've proven myself. And perhaps that's mm. what um, I've spent a lifetime doing is proving myself. Mm. Indeed. So I can step into mm. uh whatever the experience is yet to be yeah. of this Amanda Amanda Allen. Um, That's right. It's letting it go, isn't it? Like <clears throat> it's, I've, you've, I'm done, it's time Yes. to move into the space of let it go, Yeah. Um, come to full peace with it. It's true. You know, I, I, yeah. have this, I get this image. I literally feel that I'm laying myself down at the feet of uh, the last 50 years, at my own feet, um, and just, you know, just saying enough. You know, I surrender and I, I thank mm. you, but I, I just, I, I surrender. I, I mm. you know, I'm ready to receive, you know, I'm ready to receive. Mm, love that. And, um, yeah. you know, and I, I think that's the energy um, that we move forward with and that's the energy that we've um, stepped into this space and this podcast with and, um, and that's the intention we, we carry on with. Um, we really want to bring honoring and respectful and curious and yes. passionate uh discipline you know mm. t- to this um space of freedom that we create we are creating yeah. through the Amanda Allen experience yeah. and I mean you know you you've been a positive influence in, in my life even in, even in that masculine yang energy you were always you always had a positive experience to share through it all mm. And then, you know, now moving into this container of feminine energy, again, it's, uh, it's, it's, you've been a positive influence for those of us who, who kind of recognise <clears throat> the struggle or recognise the energy but not sure where, mm. you know, where to connect the dots with it or how to um, surrender to it. But I think, mm. I think you're going to be getting us uh, following you and being part of this beautiful journey with you as well. So. Look, it's a mm. it's a precious space and a courageous space and um, a vulnerable space, and I'm I'm so excited and terrified and completely <laughs> and utterly in flow and on purpose and willing. Mm, um, yeah. And we both we both come here with that, and you know we're just going to conti- we will continue to delve into so many avenues. We're just willing to follow the threads and and go down the rabbit holes and see what answers and and what experiences we can bring back. Plumb plumb the depths of the past and look to the future and and make some sense of it of all the dots here and now and um you know I feel that we are all um creating this incredible web, you know, each spider has its own web and if you see mm-hmm. a spider web in the you know with dew hanging a perfect spider web in the mm-hmm. morning sun with dew hanging from it. Like, is it not an exquisite beauty to behold? And I truly believe that, you know, ultimately when whatever expression of life or, or in your whole life, um, we are looking to achieve that, 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 that sort of um, perfect perfection of our, our unique, authentic, creative mm. self. 
Um, I think you hit it nicely. I think seeing your connection <clears throat> back to nature <clears throat> is, is kind of symbolic of this change <clears throat> as well. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And um, <clears throat> we uh, so I I think from from here our intention is to uh, explore on a weekly basis the Amanda Allen experience. And we will, we will be led either by our own intuition and our own experiences week to week. Um, and we are, we are open to any inquiries or any of your passion and inspiration and questions that you would like to offer up to us in uh, directions that you explore through the Amanda Allen experience. So um, we, we are utterly opening the doors um, to our own evolutions and our own growth through this podcast mm. and this connection and this new balance um, that we hope to bring um, through. And I, um, I, I hope that the story, well, I have no doubt that the story of uh, the last 50 decades. Well, a slight technical glitch and we will we'll take it. We will see out the first Amanda Allen Experience podcast on a technical glitch and an, perhaps even a failure. Um, but I'm, I'm a fan of failure because it means that you're trying and the more failures, the closer you are to the goal. And it's a never-ending journey. I didn't know how to snatch when I started and I sure don't know how to do podcasts. But, but look at us go. I'm so grateful to Leanne for holding the space that enables and allows this podcast to, to come to fruition she holds such a, a wise and grounded space and it is an absolute joy to chat with her. She is asking the questions that so many people have wanted to ask and, you know, they've been a long time in being answered and, and this is the space for that. We're so excited for what's to come. We're really very open and receptive to feedback, to ideas, to suggestions for topics in the future. There are so many rabbit holes and it, my favourite thing is rabbit holes. <laughs> so I cannot wait to, to journey down many of them with you um, in, the, in the coming podcasts. If you're interested in any of my online products, I have the amandaallen.com.au website, all of my books, nutrition books, my, my story, training um, books are available there. I run a 28-day online program, The 1% Project, which is... Uh, really holding hands and walking through all of the things that make all of the difference on a daily basis to, to giving you a, a far greater um, and heightened experience of your health and your well-being and your mental and emotional state. And it's basically a, a lessons, lessons day by day in, in, in how to do things exceptionally well and simply. So please spread the love if you, if you enjoy the podcast. I, I think, you know, the idea is that you subscribe and share with our friends and you know if there's any reviews I'm very open and, and grateful for your reviews and uh, we look forward to seeing you again in seven days take care welcome to 2020 super exciting times to be alive <laughs>